0: When you want to play the hottest, fastest, most advanced fighting game ever, forget everything else and play Doom 2 on your PC. No other game gives you the incredible realism, the 360-degree smooth scrolling and explosive action like Doom 2. It's easy to start playing, but it won't let you stop. Doom 2, it will consume you. Play solo against the computer, against a buddy by modem, or online in an awesome four-way deathmatch. Doom 2, playing at a PC software store near you. Welcome to Gaming Under Fire, the podcast made by and for fans of video game shooters. I'm your host, the mutilator of multiple mancubi, Tasman, and joining me once again this week, the pulverizer of a plethora of pain elementals, Knucklehead. Our Dude 93 podcast is in our Escape Pod rearview mirror, but still available on many of usual podcast outlets, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more, so be sure to go and check that out if you haven't already. And give the show a follow on Twitter at Gaming Under Fire for all sorts of video game shooter goodness. Canuck, what did you think of our Doom 93 review?
1: I, I, I enjoyed it. So it's it's been a while since I've been on a podcast and it it showed, but I enjoyed it. Uh, Doom is, well, eternal to use the current tagline, but it's something that's been very constant in my, my uh, video game playing over the past 27 years.
0: <laughs> it was a lot of fun to jump in and really, for the first time at least in my life, really tackle that game and play it multiple times and multiple playthroughs. Really get a feel for it and really just play a game that is essential to you know the first-person genre as we know it today. So that was a lot of fun. We got a lot of good feedback on it as well. And uh, it's, it's a little over... <laughs> it's we're doing the second podcast a little longer than I wanted to. Uh, unfortunately, about the time I was ready to record, I got sick. Thankfully, it was not COVID-related, so that was good. But uh, just didn't have a voice to be able to record. And then did the big um, holiday vacation, which was probably against CDC recommendations. But we made it work. Everybody's safe. We're all good. We're all healthy. So here we are getting ready to do... Tackle id Software's Smash Hit MS DOS 94 release, jump back into the Boots of Doom guy, and do our Doom 2 review. So that gets started right now. Canuck, what else was going on in the world in October of
1: 1994, you might ask? Well, myself, I, I was grade 12 of high school and actually just recently at the time got my pilot's license, so fairly busy on, on that front.
0: due 2 released in 1994, a little bit of a, a cultural throwback and just kind of see what was going on in the world in 1994. Top song in the United States, any guesses what that might have been?
1: I would have no idea, especially since uh, I, on the um, satellite radio when I listened to like 90s on 9, for example, it's like, oh, these are the countdowns for the years and it's very different than what I had in Canada. Uh, The 80s were very similar, but the 90s I noticed the two lines began to uh, diverge in terms of music, so I have no idea.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, it's not Bryan Adams and Murray or the Crash Test Dummies. (laughs) It's actually Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You the top song in the United States in October 94. I'll make love to you like you want me to and I'll hold you tight. That group now known as Men to Grandfathers. <laughs> the top movie right now, the Jean-Claude Van Damme classic, Time Cop.
1: Are we gonna blast to the past? yee I hey, think Forrest Gump would, uh, would, would take the year, though, for, for 1994. And that's all I had to say about that.
0: It, it would take the year, but at least for this little section, this little slice of pie of time, uh, Time Cop is the number one movie in the theaters, and believe it or not, is Van Dam's highest-grossing film as a lead actor in only his second film to break $100 million worldwide. Uh, it I, had- I feel
1: guilty. I did go see that in theaters, so... But unlike Eric Cartman, I didn't go to Walmart to buy a three-pack of Time coffee. <laughs> it would lose the top spot after
0: a couple of weeks to Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. And I'll never be able to see Bruce Willis the same way ever again after that.
1: And in Paris, you can buy beer at McDonald's. And you know what they call a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? Oh, man, they got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. What do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. My favorite for Tarantino as well. So, yeah. Although uh, Reservoir Dogs, that's up there as well for, for my rankings. So.
0: Uh, and then closely following after that, just kind of as somewhat of a doom tie-in, uh, the next uh, movie, top movie, would be Stargate with James Spader. Kurt Russell. Cut
1: Russell, James Spader, Jay Davidson, Stargate. I, I watched the movie, but never got into the TV show, what it was. So the movie, I, I remember, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't enough to really captivate me. Sports in 1994, the
0: Major League Baseball World Series was cancelled due to a strike by Major League Players Association that had started in August. And is the only the second time in Major League Baseball history a World Series hadn't been played. The other was 1904.
1: They, they probably were too embarrassed because uh, the Toronto Blue Jays won the previous two years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you don't want any Canadian teams winning anything. <laughs> Speaking of Canadian teams not winning anything, in the National Hockey League, the New York Rangers are coming down from a summer high with Lord Stanley's Cup, their first Stanley Cup in 54 years, and they haven't won one since.
1: Now it's just the the Leafs are the only one of the original six that haven't won since the expansion in 67.
0: In the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers are getting ready to start a season that will see them crowned Super Bowl champions over the San Diego Chargers. Hall of Famer Steve Young will connect on six TD passes in that game. Three of those to fellow Hall of Famer Jerry Rice. And the last time, oh, maybe not necessarily the last time, the 49ers were relevant, but pretty close. Uh,
1: except for uh, 2012. Uh, of course, with that Super Bowl, they are also the first team to get five rings. Yep. One for the thumb.
0: And then little-known tennis player Venus Williams makes her professional debut as a 14-year-old with a 6-3, 6-4 win over former NCAA champion Sean Stafford. And she would go on to do what absolutely nothing oh wait no she's one of the most famous tennis players in the world now
1: i, I would probably say she's probably the most prolific and well-known uh, uh female uh, tennis player so with that let's get on to the review of doom 2 now that we're in a a
0: 1994 mindset 2 was released via retail on September 30th although the official launch party took place on October 10th at the Limelight a former Episcopal Church turned bar and nightclub so a perfect setting for the continuation of mayhem involving killing demons from hell the retail release was done in partnership with publisher GT interactive Studios who put together a two million dollar budget for the marketing campaign alone. An amount more than the cost to develop Doom, Spear of Destiny, Wolfenstein, and Commander Keen combined. The reason for the retail release? They wanted outreach. While Doom was wildly successful, it was still mostly known only by the gaming community in 1994, and in order to reach the mainstream, the game needed to have a presence on store shelves such as Walmart, Target, etc. Doom 2 hit retail markets with an initial 30 levels titled Hell on Earth. There are no chapters to split up the action and no intermission map screens to show player progression through the game as had happened in previous Doom. Two moves that I personally wasn't too keen on when I was playing through the game. While the game is longer than the original Doom's 27 levels, Doom 2 almost feels even longer without that breakup. After around map 20, I was starting to wonder how much longer do I have to go with this, which is really never a good sign when a player is getting tired of a story continuing. Yeah,
1: however, I found the, the middle part, the, the city levels were really a lull, uh, but it does pick up towards the end, so which is unfortunate. However, they do once again
0: utilize text screens interspersed between groups of levels to help keep the minimal story that they
1: have moving along. Doom 2 was released commercially. Now, I didn't get into it until uh, a few months later, it would have been 95. Then, my uh, best friend, one day, we're, we're walking to school and this like, oh, hey, we both love computer games. And it's like, oh, what are you playing? And, of course, I was playing Doom, the, the shareware version that we commented on last uh, episode. Uh, he's like, well, I've got a copy of Doom 2 here give you a copy and started playing that and of course the internet wasn't really much of a thing so but we both had modems it's like okay here's the, the house numbers and so every day after school we would be playing deathmatch on doom 2 for throughout most of 95 in the beginning of 96 it wasn't until uh duke nukem 3d came out uh, but uh, Doom 2, we, we had a lot of deathmatches. We, we mostly just played a handful of levels, uh, and, and we'll go through some of the levels later in the review, but uh, there are some levels that are not deathmatch-friendly, especially for just two people. But the the first two levels, uh, the uh, they were excellent, and then level 7 which is dead simple which is a very much the prototypical arena map that would later come into play in, in future de- uh shooters uh, for for deathmatch so we would always play that so but we went back and forth i would win he would win and, and it, it 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 didn't matter at the end of the day it was it was fun so start of the game
0: Doom Guy has landed on Earth in an escape pod after battling a demon outbreak at the UAC base on Mars. What? We already have story continuity problems. In the original Doom, you return to Earth by walking through a portal from Hell after defeating the Spider Mastermind. You see major cities on Earth on fire and scream out in agony and heartbreak as your dear pet rabbit Daisy's decapitated head is mounted on a spike. So. What the hell happened? How did we go from Doomguy being on Earth at the end of the original Doom to escaping Mars at the beginning of Doom 2? Well,
1: Continuity issues would uh, never be an issue with Doom. I I think it's still uh, ongoing to this day, and people are debating about even the newer games. However, because everything was so limited... You could kind of forgive them at the time because, I mean, yes, you you walk through that portal, but it's just speculation that you returned to Earth because of the cutscene. For all we know, you could have ended up on Mars again, yep. or or, uh, or at least uh, Phobos. So, because that's where the transporter technology was. So, we we don't know, really. But uh, it's just that that mental gap. But like like I said, this this would not be the the, the last of uh, doom's continuity issues
0: no it, it honestly i think it's gotten to a point where it's almost a staple and a hallmark of the series in and of itself is to continuously have controversy and discussion and debate as far as doom's timeline uh even to doom eternal today where there they even throw in dimensions and multi-universes and stuff in there uh, to throw you off even more but, you know, for me, it's one thing to not care about the story. You now we talked about that extensively in the last podcast, that they don't find story to be all that important. And that's fine. And if you want to do a minimal story, I'm okay with that. But to not even care to pick up at the end of the last game, it comes off as being either completely disinterested or completely lazy. And I'm not really sure which one is worse.
1: And the other thing as well, you have to remember at the time, most people knew doom through the, the shareware version. Yes, people did order uh, the other two episodes, but this was really the first far-reaching doom game, not not the shareware uh, excluding the shareware version, but not the full version of, of doom. Uh, the ultimate doom would not be released for another year. So most people did not know the endings, so it's easy to, to look this over.
0: Sure. And, and, and I think once the, the franchise in and of itself became so popular that people would start to dive into it, that's when these r- errors were really starting to bring out and when the discussion and debate started. So, I mean, at, at this point, the original Doom, I mean, it's still technically in its infancy as far as outreach goes. So, yeah, like you said, it's easy to overlook that or even maybe in their mind starting fresh with a different type of approach to the beginning of the game that feels a little bit more interesting than Doom Guy just walked out of a portal. Um, and,
1: and you also have to remember, when they released the ultimate Doom, they added on that fourth episode, so people had played just the first three episodes. So when you fin- conclude Inferno, you, you go here, but then it's not really until you see the the end of thy flesh consumed that you, you get a bit more, and now you see, oh, okay, Doom guy is back on Earth because he didn't have that in the original cutscene. It wasn't until he finished the fourth episode. So, yeah. E- even then, uh, uh, I mean, they're doing more, more retcons and tweaking than George Lucas. Oh, no. <laughs> Somebody take the
0: keys away from him. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think any time, ta- any explanation that is semi plausible for the gap uh, is generally accepted one way or another by the community anyway people have found ways to creatively make it make sense and i think so long as you find a way to make it make sense it's fine it's just to me as as the person who loves games with the lore and the story that are in it it's it's one of those things that just kind of it nabs at me at the back of my head but just like oh why can't they just make this fit seamlessly You know, it is what it is, and we go ahead and we get started with the game. Since there are no official chapters, we're going to break it up this way. We're going to break it up in three into a third, because why not? Doom did it, so we'll do it here. So we've got the UAC base levels, the starport slash hellish outpost levels first. Then we've got the city levels, and then we've got the inside hell levels. Also, a quick note before we get started. Knucklehead has played the MS-DOS version many, many times and that's all fine and dandy. I am playing the Doom 2 via the BFG edition on Steam, and I am playing on the difficulty called Hurt Me Plenty. Uh, So as I go through these levels, and I say this is the first time you see this new enemy, it is based on that difficulty level. There are different uh, enemy appearances, and they change when you change to Ultraviolence and Nightmare. So I just wanted to clarify that moving forward. So there you go, the first uh, set of UAC-based levels, map 01 to map 06, which are the subterranean-slash-starport levels. Currently under a force field of fire, the last starport on Earth has evacuation spacecraft ready to get the last remaining humans off the planet. Uh, Map 01 uh, entryway is one of those deathmatch, you know, lives on an infamy as a deathmatch map, if I am correct.
1: Yeah, uh, like, like I said, the map 7 is the prototypical arena shooter, but obviously everyone starting deathmatch just with the uh, DOS commands, by default you would start on map 1, so everyone is very much ingrained with with that that map, and it, it does live on. I don't know which one. I think Hangar is probably a bit more uh, revered. Uh, just because it was from the first Doom game, so it's kind of like you were here first. But but Entryway is is definitely up there in terms of m- well-known original Doom uh, maps, and and tends to be uh, modded uh, or created in other uh, FPS uh, modding s- software and tools.
0: The mission that's uh, probably more famous than that, just simply because of what you get out of it. Mission Two underhauls, the first time you get your hands. On the only new weapon in the game, the Combat Shotgun, a.k.a. the Super Shotgun, or the SSG. Based on the Stoger Coach Gun, a double-barreled sawed-off that deals out three times the damage of the Long Barrel Pump Action Brother at the cost of utilizing double the ammo in one shot, double the kickback, and the first weapon to have a reload animation after every shot. I kind of put an asterisk next to that because... Technically, the pump-action shotgun reloads after every shot, but this is the first time we have an actual animation for it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the, the original uh, shotgun, yeah, they're, they're they're pumping for the next shell, but you don't really see them reloading the shells into the shotgun. So right. it's kind of like you've got this bottomless clip, where, whereas the double... Um, barreled uh, super shotgun is the first time it's like yes you're actually reloading the the two shells
0: both the single barrel pump action shotgun and the ssg occupy the three slot in the arm section of the hud and you can toggle between them by pressing the three keys so you don't have to stick with the super shotgun if you don't want to uh you can switch back to just your regular shotgun to help conserve ammo or go through the entire game with the super shotgun
1: I, initially... I think most people did that. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of people, once you got the, the super shotgun, your uh, regular combat shotgun rusted from disuse. Uh, you know what? It took me a little while
0: to actually start utilizing the super shotgun. Right now, it's as of now, after a few playthroughs of the game, You know, I really like the super shotgun. I utilize it any chance I can when I'm up close. When I first picked it up, I didn't like it, and I actually went back to the combat shotgun. The timing on the reload is something you kind of have to learn because you can't just run and gun like you can with the regular combat shotgun. That extra time to reload. Um, I was walking myself into some really bad situations and dying because of it. Um, but once you kind of get the hang of that, once you get the timing of that and, and manage your gap between you know the enemies you're trying to kill and the reload of the, of the gun it becomes you know easily one of the best guns in the game and what really turned the corner for me on that is in the same mission there's a spot where you go around a corner and the corridor is just lined from wall to wall with former marines and i cleared that corridor in one shot and i was like okay i'm gonna learn how to use this and i'm never using the other shotgun ever again Uh, it's definitely
1: a good case for uh level design that you get the new weapon and around the corner and here's an instant where you can take out majority if not all of the enemies with just a single shot yeah
0: yeah and 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 a lot of fun satisfying to use watching demons just disintegrate after one shot point blank right with that gun it's it's a very satisfying gun to use Uh, you get very satisfying kills from it you can take down pretty much any enemy with it Uh, you know obviously harder enemies are going to take more shots than others um, but it's a it's a gun that you could probably utilize throughout the entire game if you really wanted to without anything else. Uh what's unfortunate though, uh we talk about the pump action shotgun. Uh did you ever see the um Doom comic book cover for Knee Deep in the Dead and the and the shotgun that he's using on the cover of that?
1: Yeah, I, I vaguely uh recall it, but I never purchased it. <laughs> It's got so
0: it's the shotgun with the round barrel and it's like the shotgun shells are being uh, belt fed into it and I kind of wish that they would incorporate a shotgun like that in the game if they haven't already because it just it looks really cool. It kind of reminds me of the um, the barrel shotgun that's in the division games which I really love. I just love the sound of it it makes like a thump when you shoot um it would just be uh, it was just something that uh, as i was doing research on the game i saw and i was like that would be a really cool doom gun to utilize uh mission moving on mission three the gauntlet is your first new enemy in the former commando aka heavy weapons dude also known as the chain gunner or chain gun bob man this guy has more nicknames than an xfl player
1: I think most people tend to use chain gun commando, which combines the weapon and its actual name. <laughs> uh, the third
0: of the former humans, and by far the most lethal, these guys are ranged enemies whose chain gun deals just slightly less damage than your own. Is unavoidable without cover, and he sets and fires faster than the spider mastermind. The nice thing about these guys is that when you take them down, you get a cool chain gun and lots of ammo. Fighting with your own chain gun is the preferable weapon of choice as your shots will stun chain gun bobs so that he actually doesn't fire back at you. Uh, if you do dare to get up close, one shot from the super shotgun is more often than not enough to do the trick. If you can get them to fight other demons and do some infighting, they can be very effective against cacodemons, revenants, and even hell knights and mancubus, uh, and even the Erectantron at close range. So the former commando chain gun commando chain gun, Bob. I think I'm going to start calling him chain gun, Bob, just because I think that's hilarious.
1: I associate Bob with halo.
0: <laughs> yeah. With the, yeah. Uh, the former commando also has, uh, an appearance in the PlayStation and Sega Saturn port of the original doom with the ultra violence settings selected. And they make their first appearance on M one E one Hangar. Believe it or not.
1: I never played the PlayStation versions of, of, of these games. So I stuck with the computer, uh, the DOS versions, uh, Throughout, throughout the 90s, and it wasn't really until um, 2004, 2005 with the uh, Xbox releases of uh, Doom 3 that uh, I, I actually played on console.
0: <laughs> Moving past the Gauntlet of Focus and the Waste Tunnels, we get to Mission 6, the Crusher. One new enemy and one smaller pallet swap of an old enemy. So I'm putting an asterisk next to the Hell Knight as a new enemy, as it's simply a smaller version of the Baron of Hell. With a brown color, otherwise he's the exact same with the exact same attack. However, taking out four of them on a crusher with a flip of a switch is fairly satisfying and funny at that. After that, you get your first look at The Revenant. A demon straight off an 80s metal album. A skeleton with armor plating, shoulder mounted homing fireball launchers with splash damage. If you get more than two or three of these in a map. They could be a lot of trouble, but they are a lot of fun to fight.
1: The Revenant—I'm not too sure if it'd be the Revenant or the Mancobus. I guess it depends on people's opinions, but but it's one of the more iconic Doom enemies to come out of the the second game. I, I mean, most of them have have now appeared. The only one that hasn't had a, a refresh really is is the, the former Commando.
0: Uh, I I particularly I really like the revenants uh i i like they're a little bit faster than most of the other enemies so it, it really forces you to kind of move the homing uh, fireballs could be a real pain in the ass especially on harder difficulties man he can bend those like beckham sometimes and it's it's amazing how those fireballs can circle back around and still get you
1: and he's got fast melee if you get in too close as well yep so, uh,
0: mission six, your first time you get to see him and you'll see him throughout the rest of the game as well. Uh, so for the first six, we'll just kind of do this for, uh, for this section and then we'll do the next city section or the next, uh, uh outpost section here. Uh, we've got entryway under halls, the gauntlet, the focus, the waste tunnels and the crusher. Any favorites or least favorites for you out of those, uh, those first six,
1: I'd have to say, uh, under halls. uh, Entryway obviously has a, a special place because of the death match with with my friend, uh, but we'd always go on to underhalls and, and have a good death match. I think it's it's a small map, but it's got a lot of enemies. It's but it's got a good balance and uh, it, it definitely uh, bridges what they did with Doom One and what they they are going to do with uh, Doom Two. So it's a good. Good uh, connecting level between the, the two series, but it's definitely a favorite. Uh, the Crusher is another one that I enjoy, just as you say, crushing the the Hell Knights. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, I'd say on underhalls and and the the first six levels really for for Doom Two are are probably my favorites in this uh, in this game. Uh, there are some other ones that that come up in the next uh, series, but uh, these these six. I, they're definitely the best ones overall for, for the game, in my opinion. Yep,
0: and I completely agree. Underhauls and the Crusher are definitely my favorite out of these, uh, out of these first group. Um, the Crusher on Ultraviolence is actually uh, Spider Masterminds that you get to crush, so that's a lot of fun. Um, it takes a little bit longer for the Crusher to get them, and you have to make sure you find some cover so their chain guns don't get you. But uh, there's just something about flipping a switch and killing massive enemies without firing a shot. Uh, that, that's just that's a lot of fun I wouldn't say I'd have any least favorites on here uh, kind of like you said I, I, I'm with you this this seems to be these first six are a really good bridge of the original Doom and what it brought and Doom 2 as far as keeping that same feel keeping that same type of combat it's still a run and gun quarter shooter at this point point. and uh, you know I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'd have any least favorites the ones that we skipped over Um, I, I, would say my only critique about them is that there's nothing really special about any of them. So there's nothing that makes them memorable. They kind of just end up running together to me. Um, but overall enjoyable first, you know, six maps, uh, a good way to get the game started. Uh, and then moving, moving into the, the hellish outpost levels, hellish outpost. We start with the, uh, iconic, mission seven dead simple map it's your first boss fight in doom or excuse me your first boss fight in doom two you get two to seven mancubi or four to twelve arachnitrons, depending on the level of difficulty you have selected and these are first appearances for both the mancubus kind of in the vein of the cyber demon is a mix-up of flesh and tech a big man that has flamethrowers in place of arms, and will send out a volley of six fireballs in a pattern uh, that is easily strafed once you figure it out. But when grouped, they can be absolutely devastating. They also easily turn on others and engage in infighting, so that is really nice. And they're easily agitated by attacks with uh, the chain gun, for instance. Uh, so uh, definitely manageable unless there's a massive group of mancubus. And probably my favorite of the new enemies closely right there with with the revenant as far as uh as enemies to fight i love their death animation it makes me laugh every single time don't forget the groan <laughs> wait yeah and it's 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 unique to the mancubus the death growl right yep yep and and the, that was the first one to have a, a specific death groan for that demon if if i'm remembering the research correctly yeah, the, the uh, Archvile also has one too. Yep. Uh, don't rest when you get all your Mancubus dead because you'll be immediately facing a large number of Arachnatrons. Arachnatrons are similar in look to the Spider Demon boss from the original Doom, just a little bit smaller, takes a little less damage to kill, and has a green plasma weapon in place of the Spider Demon's chain gun. And I'll give them a little bit of credit as far as brand new enemy on this one since they did change the gun. Otherwise, they kind of did the same thing with the uh, Baron of Hell and Hell Knight. Also, another enemy that if you get them in groups can be quite the hassle.
1: Yeah, if there's a pack of them, you're, you're
0: toast. And easy to know that they're coming too. Their, uh, their mechanical spider legs make a very distinct noise. So you know when you're coming up on a bunch of them and then you can be ready for them at, that way. So from here on out, at least in my opinion, the levels start to veer away from the original Doom. They get a little less linear, a little bit more open world, a little bit more, uh, I'm going to make up a brand new word I think here, a labyrinthian in nature. Doom has always been typically a maze of moving through rooms, killing demons, and moving on. But these levels from here on out tend to introduce a lot of puzzle aspects to the game now. Lots of switch flipping and flipping doors and passageways and stuff like that
1: from here on out. Yeah, Especially in in the next mission in uh, Tricks and Traps.
0: (laughs) Yep, And that's the next one to talk about. Tricks and Traps. This is one of the missions basically in a nutshell is one of those things that really kind of emphasizes and really puts on display a lot of those design changes for Doom 2. And really a lot of the things that I don't particularly care for 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 Doom 2. Uh, it goes from a run and gun demon slaying machine to a puzzle solver with killing bad guys sprinkled in there. A lot of flipping switches, taking teleporters, secret areas, solving mazes. A lot of that stuff. I mean, it's fine and it's fun. When it's done sparingly, this map kind of makes that the whole primary focus of the map and it kind of flips the game on its head from being killing demons as the primary to the secondary and actually navigating the map itself becomes the primary objective of this map and it was one of the things it it was kind of the first map where I was like man I really don't like this
1: yeah and that's really the difference now with with Doom 2 compared to the original and why I prefer the the original Doom is the the maps in Doom 2 just start to become a lot bigger. There's a lot more puzzle elements and done correctly, I mean, they been great. I mean, I love Portal and Portal 2. I mean, those have fantastic puzzle elements, but with, with Doom, it, it almost sometimes is or, sorry, Doom 2, it, it's almost um, very laborious and just trying to navigate the map and it's like i just want to kill something
0: yeah feel like they got away from john romero's edict from wolfenstein the original doom of just anything that gets in the way of mowing down bad guys mowing down zombies get rid of it i feel like they really got away with that from here on out and i maybe in a in a way to try to freshen up the formula, but I just feel like they kind of went a little overboard with it. I wanted to play Doom because I wanted to shotgun zombies in the face, not find out, you know, which switches in succession I need to flip to get to the next room. It just kind of slowed it down for me.
1: Yeah. And even though both games use the same engines, I mean, excluding the additional enemies that are introduced with with Doom 2, you can really Tell which level is from the original Doom versus Doom 2, just mm. based on on the level design. A
0: nice thing about Mission 8 is we get our seventh and final new enemy. Your uh, first look at the floating pain elemental. These guys are aptly named, they are a pain in the ass. It slightly resembles a demon, except that it has leathery brown skin. Horns like a cyber demon, one large single eye, two arms, and instead of shooting fireballs from its mouth, it shoots lost souls at you. And upon death, as one last FU to the player, it spawns two or three more lost souls for you to deal with. This makes the pain elemental a priority to defeat when you're within a gaggle of demons. And don't expect other demons to turn on it due to infighting because the lost souls are a passive attack they'll actually turn on the lost souls but never on the pain elemental it'll never engage in its demonic buddies to turn on it pain elementals just very well named pain in the ass period nothing nothing from your end on that one do you have PTSD from pain elementals
1: yeah i'm mixed on on the pain elementals I'm not a big fan of them. The Lost Souls, good enemy from the first uh, from the first Doom. It, it kind of added to to that relentless attack, especially since they they charge directly at you. But the Pain Elemental, I think it sounds good on paper, but just in terms of gameplay, sometimes it's a bit lacking. And and even now they they brought them back with with Doom Eternal, and I find like. There's just something about them. They uh, they just never clicked with me.
0: And I misspoke. We got one more uh, demon that we haven't gone through yet. But yeah, we... I was about to
1: say, we, we, we still have one more to go, but uh, it... I, I know I did mention them already.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what threw me off because we did, we did mention the Archvile. But uh, map 11, Circle of Death, O of Destruction, John Romero's Playground, whatever you want to call it. This is the first map we get all the way to map 11 before we get the first map submitted by John Romero in this game. And this is probably out of this section. This is probably one of the maps that I actually enjoy the most. Also,
1: this is definitely my favorite map for, for this batch of of levels. I mean, dead dead simple. I, I love primarily for the multiplayer aspect in terms of the single player. It's, Alright, but Circle of Death is definitely uh, my favorite for the, this batch and, and up there for, for levels that I really enjoy from this game.
0: This kind of definitely follows the same formula as one of your prototypical arena shooters for as far as for multiplayer. For single player, I liked it because it's very very much still the same old run and gun, shoot down demons. It does present some secrets in some areas and some things you have to figure out, but it's very balanced in my opinion compared to some of the other levels in this game so that you have just enough of that got to use your brain and figure out where you need to go next, but still enough that it's intuitive that you can kind of still be able to do it without getting super frustrated without having to search the internet or YouTube or whatever for help. You can pretty much, if you put enough time into it, you can figure it out and get through and do 100%, you know, do your 100% enemies, 100% items, 100% secrets with, without too much. Uh, but then you also have, and then this is actually the last of the, of the enemies, uh, the Archvile. Uh, another, it can be a pain in the ass if you don't know how to deal with it. But think uh, if you haven't seen the Archvile, think Slenderman, but yellow with the ability to cast spells of fire that do major damage. In addition to that, they can also revive demons that you've already killed. So you can actually at the end of a map get more than 100% enemy kills, depending on how many times the Archvile is allowed to revive some of its demon buddies. I talk about the attack. The attack and blast damage are devastating. It's 20 base damage and up to 70 point blast damage. It can wreck your health in no time. It is easy to dodge. All you need to do is get out of his line of sight, pop back out, and he's primed for easy shots with the super shotgun. Archvile, though, and also another very distinctive noise when he comes into a map. So I think in the city level suburbs, right at the beginning, he comes out and you can hear him and I'm like, are you frigging kidding me? I got to deal with him now. At the very beginning, he can be a pain in the ass as well. But once you figure out how to to dodge his attack, get out of his line of sight, not all all that bad. I think his the worst thing for him is his ability to respawn your enemies, reanimate your enemies, and and keep them coming at you. Honestly,
1: uh, sur- circle of death, uh, like, like I said, it's very good. It's nice that it introduces the final enemy as a boss, because he, he kind of is mm-hmm. a boss in, mm-hmm. in, in, in a way. But with Circle of Death, a lot of those puzzle type elements that they were really doing, emphasizing more in Doom 2 than, than the original uh, Doom, it's really well done in this level because everything it's very central with the circle. Yep. and then everything is kind of on the outside everything so you, branches
0: off from that Yep.
1: You, you see where it is where some of the other levels especially the next batch of levels that we're getting into where it's very spread out
0: yeah well and and yeah the game definitely starts to open up and in a game that's a typical corridor shooter that, that has some good things but it also has some bad things with it as well out of this group of maps we got dead simple tricks and traps the pit Refueling base, which we skipped over, and O of destruction. Uh, some some favorites and some least favorites out of that for you.
1: Like I said, Circle of Death is definitely one of my favorites. In terms of, of least favorites, I'd say probably Tricks and Traps. I, I don't mind it. Like the, this batch, it's it's still play. These batch of levels are still playable and enjoyable. But Tricks and Traps, I, I just found it's just starting to become a bit uh laborious in the tasks versus just uh fighting the demons at the at the time and even now and uh like i said dead dead simple is a icon in its own right but in terms of the single player it's it's an all it's an all right level but uh circle of death is definitely the best
0: yeah don't completely agree circle circle of destruction circle of death whatever whichever one you want to call it, it it goes by many names it's definitely the best out of these this group dead simple i think uh, a, a close second for me i don't have any problems with the pit or refueling base but i think kind of like the, the that first set of uh, of maps just again nothing really too memorable in them to make them stand out positive or negative uh tricks and traps i i got to like it a little bit better as i figured out you know how to operate and work around the map but that that map kind of encapsulates everything that I don't like about Doom 2 so it's easily one of the worst maps not only in this section but I think one of the my least favorite maps in the entire game
1: and going back to mission 11 I think the reason why I call it circle of death is because it is listed as the circle of death in the uh, intermission screen that would follow this
0: and I have it uh, as O of destruction on the Doom wiki so I think it goes by both
1: Circle of Death is probably because I just use that for general uh, calling of staff at uh, at work. All <laughs> right.
0: All right. Uh, let's let's go ahead and get through these. Uh, we got the city levels, and I'm sure you can tell by the tone of my voice how much I enjoy these. Uh, since we've already kind of gone through, we've got our new our new gun, our one new gun. We've gone through. Well, we've gone through all of our new enemies. I think the only thing we haven't gone through is the new pickups. There's a couple of new pickups in the the souls. No, the soul sphere, the megasphere.
1: The megasphere.
0: Yep, uh, the new power up, the megasphere. That's the only new power up in the game. The megasphere gives you 200 health, 200 armor. So that thing comes in handy in a lot of these maps fairly quickly. Uh, and that's it for that. So we got all the new stuff. So with that, we can kind of truncate this kind of down a little bit. I kind of want to truncate these down because i don't care for any of these maps very really at all
1: the, city yeah, levels... the these levels i didn't care as much I, I mean you play for i've beaten the game several times but at the time when i was a teenager or adult depending on your perspective on how you view 18 you play through the first 11 maps no problem you get to the factory in downtown and start to, to lose interest. Yep. Uh, and it's not to say that the city levels are bad. I, I mean, you go on to level 15, the industrial zone. I actually don't mind that map. I mean, yeah, it's very big, but it's, it, it's very interesting because you start to see multiple buildings and you kind of start to see where... First-person sh- shooters would start to go and evolve it, especially to where they are nowadays. I mean, it's very crude and rudimentary, lo- looking at it now. But uh, it, it definitely was like, oh, "Okay, I see what what's going on." And and even with the uh, downtown as well, although the buildings were a little bit more more basic. So there there are some some bright spots, but in terms of just level design, it's not really. I'd say it's kind of lacking compared to what you had on the first 11 maps
0: mm-hmm. the the size of the maps they definitely start to expand on this again i think it has its positives and its negatives especially at the time it was kind of a this is what we can do this is how expansive we can make our game for the time which was probably really uh, revolutionary as, as far as the actual levels themselves so you got the factory downtown the inmost dens industrial zone suburbs tenements the courtyard the citadel and gotcha the factory i didn't mind the keys were relatively easy to find and there's a good number of enemy types that keep the engagements fun i think you know how we talked about those first 11 maps are kind of that bridge between old doom and what they're doing with doom 2 the factory is kind of that bridge between everything that was fun for the first 11 is now into this one map and then after that Screw you, because we're really going to make it <laughs> not all that engaging. Downtown, I can't stand. I feel like you circle the map twice just to get the keys you need before you can kind of move on and get out of the map. It, it, it felt like such a time drain. Industrial zone. The only problem I really, really have with industrial zone is that they've started putting enemies up on higher up ledges. There's a lot of verticality in a lot of the city levels. And when you can't look up, it makes that a pain in the ass. Like trying to make sure you can line up the weapon to take especially chain gun guys when they're up on, on high ledges, that becomes such tedious work to get it done when you don't have that ability to look up at them and aim at them. That yeah, really
1: especially back on. then if you were dealing with a six forty by four eighty resolution. I mean now nowadays everyone's used to emphasizing oh 4k or or at least uh 1080p i mean mm-hmm. it's just like, back then you didn't have the resolution <laughs> yeah. and, and and you you adapt
0: yep uh, i mean you get to figure it out after a while but it's it gets initially frustrating and when i'm doing my first playthrough of the game this this section is where i i really kind of put the game down i was like oh my god do i really have to go through any more of this the other thing with Industrial Zone is that has your, your exit to your secret level. And when Doom Two came out, the exit to the secret level took you back to Castle Wolfenstein, and you were fighting SS soldiers. A big issue in Germany. And so...
1: Yeah, it was, it was definitely a big issue back then, but... Yeah, definitely uh, back in then. Terms of secret, in terms of secret levels, the, these are, are great. Uh, these are probably... My, my favorite secret levels just because it's also an Easter egg as well uh, and uh, an homage to uh, the, the, the predecessor yep uh, I mean you play through Wolfenstein and playing through it, it's like oh my goodness this is just like a couple of years ago where where, where, where I'm playing uh, Wolfenstein but of course it soon some of the areas open up and you're still in hell
0: <laughs> yeah and, and there's also a commander Keen Easter egg in there as well. Unfortunately for me, playing the Doom 3 BFG edition and the uh, id software wanting to be able to sell the game in Germany, all images of you know Nazi Germany, the Third Reich, SS soldiers are removed. And so you're basically in Castle Wolfenstein with uh, former Marines, former sergeants. To me, it took a lot of that out of it. Those secret levels became not... I don't want to say they weren't fun, but it was just kind of like, why am I here if if there's no callback, if there's no, you know, incorporation of the old game into it. So, I tried, I did it once, I did it, and then I was out. And I was like, okay, I did it and it sucks.
1: Yeah, if they wanted to add the censorship, they should have replaced the dogs with the rats too, so it could have been a reference to the, the Super Nintendo version.
0: Yeah, no, there, there were definitely things they could have done, but I, I think I I just I wonder why is is the German market so important that they had to censor it for everybody?
1: When the BFG edition was re-released, it was done under uh, Bethesda and Zenimax. Oh yeah, that was probably more um, corporate because you had the original versions, which was id distributed through GT Interactive. Then you had the 2003 uh, Windows XP update, which collected Ultimate Doom, Doom 2, and Final Doom in, into one package. And that was done under Activision, if, if I recall correctly. I know Doom 3 was released under Activision, so I, I might be just associating, but I believe that was under Activision as well. And it wasn't re-released again until uh, 2010 on the... Uh, xbox live arcade but that by that time it was under um bethesda so uh, i can't recall if if that that version had the censorship as well i I should boot up my 360 and and check but uh provided i have those save levels uh saved
0: we do move on to probably one of my favorite levels of the city levels and that's suburbs And I like this level because there are two demon ambushes in this game that are a lot of fun. You get that arch valve right at the beginning, which is kind of frustrating. But then if you go into, you start in a building, and then if you go to the library next door, there's a ton of imps in that library that you have to demolish. And then they start teleporting around you and everything. Who knew imps were such avid readers? You got to stay educated, man. Uh, Apparently. They're all trying to check out Dante's Inferno, maybe. I like when you kind of get those those massive ambushes like that. So you get it once with that pretty much right at the beginning. And then there's the second one where you go and you grab the blue key. It's in this like island in the middle of like a, a waste pit or whatever. You grab that blue key and suddenly there's cacodemons, there's imps, there's revenants, there's mancubi, there's all these like heavy hitter type enemies coming at you i died a few times but i was having so much fun just not only personally just taking out as many of these demons as i could but seeing how many of them i could get to infight and then just watch all of them destroy each other it's a lot of fun it's a short map it's one of the smaller ones of the city maps fairly easy to get around and maneuver and to figure out I, i did have a hard time finding the exit on this one it's in it's uh Oh, there's like this corner of the map that's got all these like black boxes kind of stacked, and and the the exits hidden in there. That was a little and bit that's frustrating. Like yeah, 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 yeah. That was a little bit frustrating, but just the amount uh, and fun engagement with with the enemies by far made this my favorite map in the entire in this entire section. Then we go back to lame with tenements, tenements. The, getting to the exit at the end of tenements this is where I almost shut the game off and was just like forget doom 2 because the end is where you have to go down a little hallway and then it opens up a hallway over here so then you got to run over here and then that hallway opens up a door in that hallway you were just in so you got to go back over there it's it's tedious I think that's the that's the word that i i, I tend to associate with the things that I don't like about doom 2 is it makes it tedious why am i running between these two hallways all the time it's what are you doing to me why are you doing this
1: yeah it's kind of strange i I mean especially some genre that yeah it just seemed a bit off (laughs) Uh,
0: i i i feel i i feel like sandy peterson had some input on the ending then you've got the courtyard courtyard to me is just it's boring there's a there's a lot of ammo. There's a lot of health. There's a lot of armor, and there's not a lot of fighting. You get a mancubus towards the end, which is great, but it's such a wide open area. This could have been something like suburbs, where you have all these demons kind of teleport in, and you have to keep moving and you have to keep running. There's plenty of armor. There's plenty of health. There's plenty of ammo to have a really massive fight with demons that just never really happens i don't know maybe if i if i kick it up to ultra violence if that changes but i just felt like that map is kind of a missed opportunity to be something really fun and it just kind of falls flat
1: that, that was one one of the sandy peterson maps though
0: and <laughs> another sandy peterson map and this map is my least favorite of the entire game the citadel I hate this map. I hate this map with a passion, with a, a disdain unlike anything that should be considered normal for a human being to hate. I can't stand the Citadel. I, if I could skip it from here on out to the rest of eternity, I would. I, oh, it is the worst map ever. I'm, I'm, I'm like cringing right now even just thinking about it. I hate this thing it's it's a bunch of corridors, it's bland, it's the design of the level itself, it's all silver and white inside the citadel. It's easy to get lost, it doesn't make any sense. Teleporters go in weird directions. It just it's one of those ones like I've been saving each of the levels at the beginning so I could play through each level multiple times. Like I I try to get through this map as fast as I can to get to the next one. And then save it, just so I can skip this map. I hate it, hate it, hate it,
1: hate it. I mean, like, if you look at the at the plane view, so it looks interesting, but it just doesn't play as well. <laughs> it's all the it's like, it's all the, you kind of have like this castle in a way with with the towers and everything.
0: It could be fun, but it's it's all the 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 switches and the corridors and the secret passageways and. Uh, Again, just just let me go in and, and kill demons. Why why do I have to figure out? I need to flip a switch and then I need to step on this step inside the doorway and then I need to hurry up and turn around to go through the other doorway or else it won't open again. And uh, come on, tedious again. But like this is like tedious dialed up to eleven. All right, we're almost through the city. The last one we got, is gotcha. And actually, I I like gotcha for. One reason because you get to be the spectator for the biggest fight in Doom history when you get the Spider Mastermind and the Cyber Demon to infight with each other. And then you just sit back, grab a thing of popcorn, and watch them duke it out and see who wins. That's a lot of fun for me.
1: Oh, yeah. It's definitely one of the most memorable uh, moments in the game. I've noticed it seems the Cyber
0: Demon has a bit of an advantage. Uh, I think out of the four or five times I've played it, I think the spider masterminds only won one of those fights. Uh, So you typically you're, you're going up against the cyber demon after all is said and done, which is actually preferred. I would rather go up against the cyber demon than, than the, the spider mastermind, but definitely it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, it's so, it's so much fun to just kick back. And watch these two heavyweights duke it
1: out. Yeah, well, it's no surprise the the cyber demon has more uh, health than the, the spider mastermind does.
0: Isn't the the spider mastermind's attack in that uh more devastating though?
1: Uh, I can't remember about the attacks uh, off the top of my head. So, but um,
0: I know the spider mastermind's it's it's more. I, I think
1: I think the the spider mastermind has more uh, DPS damage per second than yeah. than the cyber demon does.
0: But the uh, the cyber demon usually makes up for it with with the health
1: yeah no no
0: it's 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 fun i the the actual level itself i i don't particularly like for the same reason of most of the other ones it's all the the running around and and flipping switches to get in and out of places but i i like it just simply just to watch that heavyweight fight and then then you have to and then later on you have to deal with an arch vial and if you walk too far into that room to defeat either the uh cyberdemon or the spider mastermind depending on which one's still alive you might trigger the archvile to walk in and then that becomes a whole, whole new ball of wax for you to have to fight so it, it's definitely got some some heavy hitters in there
1: it's a good thing that they didn't have the Arch- archvile uh resp- or spawn near uh the spider mastermind or cyberdemon and he could resurrect and them
0: resurrect them oh my gosh that would be awful i mean it would be one of those things like maybe on a harder difficulty that would be kind of cool if you're somebody that's that's really good at the game
1: and but oof. Yeah, i don't i don't even know if it can or not uh, to be honest so i'm, I'm sure there's a, a mod out there that might uh have that if it's true so those are the city levels
0: i think between factory and gotcha those 10 or uh, excuse me suburbs and gotcha those those tend to be my favorites the, the rest of them I, I could I could do without them I, I'm either indifferent about about them or I hate them Citadel I wish we could just I wish there was a code where I could just r- remove that entire level I feel like I would actually enjoy doom 2 more knowing there, there that is. I wouldn't have to worry about it
1: there is a code IDECLEV. Nope, oh yeah that's right <laughs> ah
0: yes the the inserting of codes ah thank God yeah no I can't I can't deal with that level anymore for the rest of my life
1: yeah I definitely spoke my, my piece on this I, I really I enjoyed industrial zone uh, the factory w- was all right gotcha it's I don't mind it's more just because of the infighting yeah. that that you see so but uh, it's definitely weak I mean if I if I had to choose a favorite from this group of maps between uh, level 12 and level 20 I'd say Wolfenstein and gross
0: <laughs> yep Commander Keen, you've you've rescued the city levels. It's too bad because the whole centerpiece of this game is that the demon invasion is happening on Earth. And so while the first, you know, 12 maps or the first eleven maps, you know, are technically also on Earth, it, it kind of it, it's kind of a letdown that that the city levels are not as enjoyable as they could be, since this is kind of the the centerpiece of the story. It's just, it's it's unfortunate. But yeah, I could do, to be perfectly honest, if we went right from map 11 in, into the Inside Hell, which is map what? What does that start? 20? 21. 21. If we could go from 11 to 21, uh, I honestly, I feel like it would be a, a better overall experience. But, you know, that's just one person. I think Splatop
1: would be impressed. And now we're going to go to 21. Yeah, I, I, I think the big, biggest... Issue Other than map design with the city levels is the, the textures that they used. It's a lot of Brown.
0: Yep. A lot of bland. Yeah. It doesn't help. No. And, and honestly, uh, some of the, the, the expansion packs of final doom, for example, add some, uh, some other textures that I think if they could have incorporated into, into these levels retroactively would have, would have been better. Downtown, you know, downtown especially, that's really tough to navigate just because it's a lot of sameness. Ah, it just yeah, I I really wish they would have done a little bit more with the with the designs with with the aesthetics even of those levels to make them a little bit more enjoyable. But yeah, they just kind of get lost in a sea of brown, figuratively and literally. Now we got our last group of maps inside Hell level. For me, probably some of the more enjoyable maps of the game. Inside Hell, we have Nirvana, the Catacombs, Barrels of Fun, the Chasm, which we'll talk about that one in a little bit in depth, Blood Falls, the Abandoned Mines, Monster Condo, the Spirit World, the Living End, and the last level, Icon of Sin. For me, these are probably the most visually appealing levels of the game. They're the most fun. I think these, especially the design for Adrian Carmack. I I think this kind of is in his wheelhouse. This is where his interest lies. This is you know, his domain. And I think it really it really shows in these levels because these are just so cool to look at when you're when you're playing them. I love the slime falls. On some of them, like Chasm, as much as I don't like Chasm, the visuals of all the the slime waterfalls, those are really cool. Um, they really kind of stepped up some of the blood and gore from from Doom in these levels too. Just really fun maps to play in, as well as just the gameplay themselves. I've I've really, by and large, these nine or excuse me, ten these ten maps are are probably my favorite out of the out of the game.
1: the the hell levels definitely uh redeem the game they definitely had a lot more um fun with them they're a lot more straightforward as well compared to what you went through yep so it it definitely helps Uh, i mean going through i I mean nirvana catacombs those i enjoyed but uh, barrels of fun and level 23 is definitely one of my favorites in the in the game and it's not just because they have a cover of Alice Chains' uh, uh, "Them bone or sorry, yeah, Alice and Chains' uh, "Them Bones." <laughs> so it, it definitely is a, a bit creative because uh, if you you have a high risk of killing yourself.
0: And honestly, I think I, as much as I give Sandy Peterson crap for his his levels and designs, uh, "Barrels of Fun" is a Sandy Peterson level. I absolutely love it. I, I love the idea of escaping exploding barrels. And watching enemies blow them up and then kill themselves because of it It, like you said it's a straightforward map it's a large map but it's not it doesn't come off as daunting there's a there's a couple sections with chain gunners that that they're in alcoves at different heights that can sometimes be a little bit problematic but it's the sections with the exploding barrels where you teleport in And you're surrounded by barrels and you're surrounded by hell knights that are looking in the opposite direction from you. And I remember spawning in there the first time and just being like, oh shit, what am I going to do? And you just book it down to the other end where the teleporter is and turn around in time to see just everybody just turn to jibs because there are all these exploding barrels around them. It is a lot of fun. I, I think it's aptly named with barrels of fun just a, a, an enjoyable an enjoyable level to play and one that you can kind of almost kind of kick back and just and just enjoy what's going on around you.
1: Yeah it's definitely one of the more uh, memorable levels.
0: And then it follows up with the chasm and I think probably my least favorite map in this section. It's so slow. you have to run so slow to go over these narrow beams who thought about making a doom level where you had to traverse narrow beams or else fall into lava and die.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And, and don't, and don't forget running uh, across the, the different platforms. And if you uh, take your hand off the shift button or whatever you assign to, to be run, you're, you're going to fall in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you can,
0: you can actually, there's, there's shortcuts you can take on the beams that they're, that they're close enough. If you're running, but yeah, no, if you, uh, if you stop running for a minute, no, you're, you're falling into a pit of despair. It's just, it's so slow. It, it really kind of drags this section down for me. Like the beams are a small portion of it, of the map, but they're the most infamous. It's like the entire Doom community knows about the chasm and how much of a pain in the ass those beams are. And I mean, they're notorious. I mean, speedrunners are notorious for hating the section because of, of how much it would slow them down. You know, eventually they would come to figure it out. And I think the world record is a uh, sub thirty-five. I think a thirty-two second run on Ultra Violence. I don't know how you do that. It, it it's it's amazing Editing's to watch. Awesome. But yeah, I with it just slowing the game down. It was just one of those. It's like, oh man, come on. I want to get through this one to the next
1: one. Yeah, it's de- definitely one of those uh, maps, especially for speedrunners. It's uh, it's like you see uh, various uh, games, like especially like, uh, say the Super Mario Brothers for the, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Like, be, you have to be pixel perfect, and you have to really know the timing and, and where you can go and what you can do to to optimize your run.
0: There was uh, I was watching a YouTube video on the history of speedrunning this map and how it went from like two minutes was considered a fast run to how they got it down to like 32. And even the guy that did 32 thinks he can get another second out of it. It was a very, just very interesting into not only the mindset of speedrunners, but their strategy and the the tricks and the things that they know to squeeze just that extra, you know, half second out of a run, especially on a map like this that is notorious for being a slow map it was really interesting and I'll probably put I'll put a link in the uh, in the show notes for the podcast to that YouTube video it was I, I it took me down a rabbit hole of a uh, doom speedrunning, but it was it was really really cool to watch and and really got a lot of insight into into map traversal for those what and what they do
1: like, like I said dude, these uh, maps they definitely redeemed doom too but found just going back to, to hell and just Based off of what these maps did and what the maps were in the original Doom, especially, say, Mm -hmm. Inferno, where you are in hell and no longer the the base, I found I prefer Inferno over these maps.
0: Honestly, I I prefer most of the original Doom over Doom 2. But yeah, no, I, I think like we said, these were definitely the saving grace. The Abandoned Mines, Monster Condo. Monster Condo is my favorite just because of the whole library section. That's just it, it, it's it's very different and something that was unexpected for that. Uh, the spirit world, the living end, and then the boss battle, the final level. You battle a wall, basically, <laughs> with the Icon of Sin. It, it's 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 a demon that's trapped in the wall, basically, and a, a section of the wall that I still, I, I don't know how I beat it because I couldn't, there's that section. So you got to go all the way up these steps and you flip a switch at the top. And that's what operates the elevator so that you can get to it. So I tried for the life of me to time the elevator ride. And when you have to shoot the rocket to get it through the demon's brain and hit the decapitated head of John Romero, that's on the other side. Cause that's actually what you're hitting. Yep. and there's a reason for that we'll get to that in the aftermath and I just I could never get the timing right I think I've out of the 20 or 30 shots that I've taken at that thing I've hit that off the elevator once the way I was able to beat it was by jumping off the elevator to that, that level that's that, that where the, the radiation suits and the plasma ammo are I would jump off the elevator and as I'm jumping off I'd take a shot with the rocket and that's how I would hit it.
1: Yeah. that That's definitely the easier way. Uh, when I recently replayed doom two and this level, like it was, it was difficult. Like I go back 20 plus years ago and yeah, I'd be able to get going up and then jump off, get the second shot. So then you, you don't have as many enemies spine in. grab the, the radiation suit, jump down, get back on the elevator and Get either going up or on, or at very least when you jump off again. So, like like it was definitely a a a timing, and and I mean you'll you'll see speed runners with that. I mean they'll probably forego going to get the radiation suit and all that, but uh, just to maximize the, the the time there or minimize, I guess, from their perspective.
0: Obviously, it's not so easy as just flipping a switch and riding an elevator. Uh, The Icon of Sin uh, is spawning demons at an alarming rate. These little boxes that come shooting out of its head and land, and then a random enemy will spawn. This map lives in infamy as really testing players' rigs and how many demons they can handle on screen at any given time, as it was notorious for crashing people's games and computers, depending on uh, just how many enemies were on the level at any given time. So, uh, and a multitude of enemies from your uh, former Marines, former sergeants, all the way up to arch The, that thing will spawn anything and everything under the sun. So the nice thing is at the very beginning of the map, it gives you every weapon you're going to need. It gives you a BFG. It gives you ammo for everything else. Uh, so you've got to, you're well armed at least going into this map, but yeah, get, uh, get a shot in. Uh, hopefully get it. And through the brain of the Icon of Sin, turn around, take a BFG blast, try to clear the area of some enemies, and ride the elevator again. And As soon as you get three, the wall explodes, and you win, and you head back through a portal, back to Earth. You're a national hero once again. Huzzah.
1: Yep, and until you're sent to Jupiter for the uh, expansion. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay, so
0: that is the initial... 30 levels of doom to hell on earth. There are expansion packs for this game. In addition to the wads that were created and modded by the community, there are actual retail expansion versions of games. Uh, The first group of expansion, the master levels for doom 2, released December 26, 1995 as the first official expansion pack for doom to hell on earth created by fans, and then bought and commercially released by id Software. It's 30 levels and basically mirrors uh, Dante's Inferno and Dante's trip through the seven circles of hell.
1: Yeah, and I, I never really played this this one. It wasn't uh, until uh, I think it was included in the, the Xbox version of um, Doom 3's uh, Resurrection of Evil. So Correct. I, I mean, because... It was heavily, I mean, you hear master levels. Well, it was really advertised as community. It's like, well, this is community stuff. So, and there were a lot of lot of map packs and other stuff. But I mean, and it kind of glossed over that. Hey, there's an actual official expansion here. That what has then become known as the master levels. Yep. <laughs> so. I never really got into it at the time. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, I'm 18. I'm about to head to university. I mean, money is is tight. I mean, and plus, it's like, am I going to buy these fan created levels that who knows what I'm going to get, or am I going to buy a, another game? It, for me,
0: as far as Steam, it's it is available with certain a uh, group. So, like, you can buy a group of Doom games, and it's available with some of those. But I've already bought <laughs> enough Doom games for Steam. I wasn't about to buy another whole new group just to play uh, the the expansion pack, so I skipped Master Levels for Doom 2. I did, however, play the second expansion called Final Doom, a compilation of two standalone episodes, TNT Evolution, see what they did there, and the Plutonia Experiment, each with 30 levels and two secret levels, released on June 17th of 1996 under the direction of John Romero and developed by members of the fan community team TNT. I was able to actually play these through my copy of the ultimate doom. They're all listed as add ons through Bethesda.net evolution is definitely, in my opinion, the actual, that felt like a doom Two expansion pack. It kind of, it followed the structure. It followed progression. It followed difficulty, uh, the, the difficulty arc a lot closer to the actual retail of Doom 2. Plutonia Experiment was made by Sadomasochists because even on the easiest level, my god, that thing is hard. It was made specifically for hardcore Doom players to challenge them. So, And I am not a hardcore Doom player. I gave up after Map 3. I was like, there is no way I'm going to be able to do this.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, now, this, this one I did get because I initially thought that hey, this is a new Doom Doom game because I mean it's all Final Doom. Like it's I mean I mean you find out oh hey it's closer look like like I said the the master levels like it was heavily promoted that this was by the community but but this one while was done by the fan community it was still kind of done under id's supervision and john romero's so it was it was a bit more um vetted i i, I guess for lack of a better term evolution uh, I, I finished that one uh, that one I, I definitely enjoyed plutonia i can't remember if i, I really made it too far uh, into that because uh, i mean bad time in 96 as a university so i probably played a bit uh, as i could And got so far, of course, then, like, okay, December rolls around, time for exams, and then go home for for Christmas because I went to university out of town. And then uh, it's like, but also it's like now I'm starting to to get into other games because shortly thereafter I would get into another id game, which would kind of be a a nail in the coffin for, for Doom for the foreseeable future called Quake. <laughs> yeah. So just a, just a
0: shout out to the, the Plutonia experiment de- developers, uh, brothers, Dario and Milo Casali. Uh, you guys are insane. Your maps for doom are, <laughs> are extremely difficult. So uh, hats off to you guys, but uh, no, it, it was very interesting to see that level of interaction between the developer and, and its fan community that you know they encouraged with you know Doom for them to make their own versions of the games to to make their their modifications their wads and then to then collaborate with one of those groups to make official licensed retail versions of the game. Um, I I mean that just I think showed a level of commitment that it had to know it's fan base so well done on them and well done on doom players that they were able to continuously get not only just wads from random players but things that kind of went through the filter of the developer too and i think that's why you know for me especially evolution i i I think that's why it's done so well they made sure that it kind of followed that progression and then plutonia experiment definitely something made for those hardcore gamers to give them something they could really sink their teeth into so to speak and really challenge them so um really really very cool
1: and, and it's kind of the curse of, of uh, community uh, wads they're made for specific people and it's not and there's a huge community there still is a huge community and uh i'm definitely enjoying uh the the um community levels that are being uh, released on the uh, Bethesda 2019 uh, re-releases of Doom and Doom Doom Two, but uh, it, it definitely is is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> and, and like I said, it's kind of a curse because it's like these are people that have played the original games so much that they need a challenge. Uh, but not everyone is there, and it's and it's starting to get like like I said on my my previous. Uh, Visit on on the last episode and your previous podcast. I mean, back in the '90s, there was no, oh, you're a casual gamer or stuff like that, or oh, a hardcore competitive gamer. No, no, you were just then you were essentially gamer. I mean, that people then think that way. There wasn't that level of granularity, and so, but I mean, you start to get within these communities, like you get active, you get involved, but. Uh, and that's my mind what the, the distinction is is these are guys they don't do it because they're trying to be oh i'm hardcore doom gamer and all that no they're doing it because it's like you know what i love this game and here's what i'm going to do to create to add on and, and give it uh, uh texture and flavor for for this game i love so much and that that's their mentality and you can go some of those custom levels you can see whether it's like people just trying to stroke their egos or people that you know what they just generally love the game
0: with that we are going to move on to the aftermath so canuck
1: uh doom 2 how successful was it It was very successful, but uh, it was it it kind of put themselves into a corner. It it really was starting to make it like, "Hey, this is a viable option." So, following Doom Two, you had Star Wars releasing Dark Forces, uh, the the original one, which was kind of inspired because they saw a community wide. with uh, stormtroopers as, as the enemies. So it kind of gave them that idea. You had uh, Duke Nukem 3D, which is, I would say is more infamous than, than famous. <laughs> and then, so those those two games showed that outside of being Doom or Doom clone, that, hey, this is something that, that, that that's popular. So yeah, no. Uh-
0: Doom 2 definitely opened the floodgates. It would go on to sell 2 million copies, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in 1994, uh, that actually made it the highest selling id software game until it was passed in 2012 by Rage. Praise was particularly directed toward its new and varied enemy types and more non-linear map design as well as its multiplayer deathmatch forward leaps. You brought up modem and being able to take house numbers and uh, actually dial into uh, servers and play all uh, via modem instead of local area networks. So that was a, a huge leap forward for deathmatch in Doom 2. Some of the critics noted that the game lacked any major new features and less-than-impressive level designs. It got the the reputation as basically being a Doom expansion pack. A lot of things look the exact same, it runs the same, it's on the same engine. The reason was that, as you alluded to, uh, the next franchise that id Software would release would be Quake and John Carmack was working on True 3D with the Quake engine, needed more time, so they utilized the tech and the engine they already had to release Doom 2, and then also again, the retail release of the original Doom in the Ultimate Doom. Uh, All of that to try to buy John Carmack as much time as they could for him to do what his goal was, was to make a truly uh, actual 3D environment. You talked about the you talked about the cracks starting to form at Id. Uh, as far as Id Software goes, things generally, as far as on a financial and production standpoint, are going extremely well. The team is raking in cash and spending it on things like s- fancy sports cars. Uh, if you took a picture of an Id Software parking lot, uh, you would think you were at some sort of sport car show. However, during the development of both Doom and later Quake, rifts would start to form between John Romero and his co-founders, John and Adrian Carmack, no relation. Uh, The latter felt Romero was more about the fame and glory that came with creating a mega hit game and was more interested in the spoils of that than the current project of Quake. The rifts would only widen during the development and after its release, Romero was forcibly asked to resign from id software and then go on to form his own studio ion storm which has its own really interesting story on the, the rise and fall of that he would uh he wouldn't be the only casualty of the grueling development grind of quake as sandy peterson american mcgee and adrian carmack would all depart before the next id software produced doom game with hit stores we talked about uh the icon of sin level and Uh, What you're actually hitting with your rocket is a decapitated head of John Romero. That was some of Adrian Carmack's uh, frustration with John Romero making its way into the game. Uh, John Romero actually dug it. And at the beginning, the Icon of Sin has this this saying that it says at the beginning. And it's actually uh, John Romero's voice saying... Backwards. to win this
1: game us beat me
0: beat john, john romero. romero yep yep that's what it is yeah but it's played backwards so um yeah, he, backwards. he kind of rolled with it but it, it, that was some of the um the manifestation of some of the frustrations among the uh the, the co-founders at id taking place there so that's it for doom two things uh things i liked just in general the super shotgun is awesome. It's it's an iconic Doom weapon at this point. It, it, it's, it's a lot of fun to use. Uh, like I said, you could probably use it throughout the game if you really wanted to. All the inside hell levels are a lot of fun to play and all of the new the varied enemies really lends to a lot of really cool engagements, a lot of gunfights. It's very satisfying uh, when you kill all the different enemies. Really, really just a lot of fun. Uh, Some things that I didn't like, I didn't like the removal of breaking it up into chapters. I miss being able to replay by chapter like I could in Doom. It would allow me to completely skip all the city levels, which I would love to do just from the menu screen. Bad story continuity really threw me off. Citadel can F off. I hate that level. All the city levels in general, uh, the tediousness of gameplay, the amount of uh, puzzle solving really slows the game down. No real engine or game improvements from the first Doom. You still can't look up. So we talked about taking out enemies on higher ledges more difficult than it should be. And unfortunately, anything that Sandy Peterson did on this game, <laughs> I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's a fine guy and, and cool dude and everything. Uh, but between these two games, I've really come to learn that if Sandy Peterson did it, I'm probably not going to like it. And as I look at uh, the the credits for Doom 2, who's listed as the director? Sandy Peterson. So overall, did not really enjoy Doom 2 all that much. I prefer Doom, the initial Doom, to this one. Uh, this one currently sitting in second place as far as uh, the, the Doom games that we've done out of 2.
1: Like, like you, you said, uh, it, it was a bit strange that there were no improvements to the engine because uh, a, a few months later... They released um, with uh, with Raven Software Heretic, which did have the ability to to look up and down, and that was one notable omission that, that was made. And, and uh, I mean, hindsight being twenty twenty, I mean you can see why because they were focusing on their next major project, which was Quake. <laughs> Canuck,
0: what did you think of our of our show here?
1: i enjoyed it it definitely brings back a lot of memories and that the first doom game that's comfort food to me i play it quite regularly it's like one of those things it's like when you go to a pizza place it's like oh well that pizza looks interesting i might try it no you know what i'm gonna get my favorite <laughs> and so it's like that doom 2 i don't play it as much i think it, maybe it's because I didn't play the single player as much as I played the original. I think it's also because I did more of the multiplayer <laughs> with, with my best friend than than the single player. And I, I mean, it's a shame that uh, we really haven't done much online gaming against each since uh, the late '90s. But uh, well, like this is this is one we probably would go back and, and visit if. if good but uh, uh, timing and everything just doesn't work out it was definitely it was definitely good in terms of of Doom games this is Doom is obviously number one but this this is still my second favorite one Uh, I I still like it better than the proper 3D games Uh, maybe it's just because of age and nostalgia and those rose tinted glasses but it's still it's still a good game it's still solid but uh it's uh, just like like you said there's a a lot of short compared to the first game the the only thing that i've never really looked for and it kind of makes me wonder every time i I go back to to doom 2 is like i wonder if someone has done a mod of the original doom levels and added in the super shotgun and and the new enemies. I mean, it would make it a di- completely different game and who knows, it's like if it's not broken, don't fix it type mentality. But it just kind of makes you wonder with the, the level design from the first game, uh, if you could incorporate the new enemies because really the legacy of this second game really isn't so much the levels or maps, it's the new enemies and obviously the super shotgun. <laughs>
0: absolutely all right so with that our next episode will be doom's first fully fledged non-port console game not produced or developed by id software that's right we're talking doom 64 is firmly in our crosshairs and will it stand out and be a culture icon of the nintendo 64 or will something come in and cut its knees out from under it We'll find out next time. So until then, for Knucklehead, I'm Tazman, and we will see you on the next episode of Gaming of the Fire. Peace. Peace.